You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. I was kind of dreading, I won't lie, doing the show tonight just because it is the time of year where there's not a whole lot to talk about. We don't have a ton of information. There is not a ton to dive into. Because of this extended postseason, this postseason is going to run for a while, and normally we'd have bits and pieces getting cut short or things and times, and we just don't really have it this year. So instead, uh, I thought we'd quickly talk about what's gone on in the Astros' uh, Rays series involving former friends. Mostly, uh, if you didn't catch the game, Tampa won 2-1. Uh, if you were trying to find the score to that game on ESPN, you had to go through you know, the basketball score, which I get because that's a, a clinching game. And you had to go through all the NFL games to get to the MLB playoff game. 2-1 um, by the Rays, pair of former friends. Yandy Diaz hitting cleanup for Tampa, went one for two with a pair of walks and a strikeout. Uh, he was eventually pinch run for Joey Wendell. Even though he had all that, he was not didn't score either of the runs uh, for there were there, neither of them scored runs for Tampa in this one and with those two runs. The thing is, I look at this Tampa team. Okay, so their DH is uh, Randy. At Rosarina. Now, remember, they traded away on the cheap Jose Martinez, who was the other player they got in that deal with Azarina when they trade away Matt Libertor and some lesser pieces. Libertor was the centerpiece. Uh, you go down this list, and you know we know Diaz was acquired through a trade, but just focusing on outfield types, uh, Rosarina, Hunter Renfro, Manuel Margot, those were all players the Rays acquired in trades, and, and many of them not huge trades. Manuel Margot was a pretty cheap trade. Uh, Hunter Renfro was a pricey one. We look at Tommy Pham going the other way. Uh, and, you know, I, I talked about at the time that I loved that Jose Martinez deal because you're selling on a, a prep pitching prospect in the lower minors who is still more name than uh, production. And your land, I mean, that was the centerpiece of that deal, and they used that to land two useful pieces. And then when Martinez wasn't as useful as they thought, they moved on from him. But Rosa Rena, I think I've said his name about four or five different times, probably all incorrectly. But however you correctly say it, it doesn't change the fact that uh, he's been really productive for them, has been a great addition. And I mean, that's the thing. I like, I look at this Tampa Bay Rays team. And with all the issues the Indians have had, Tampa carries a similar payroll. Uh, Austin Meadows didn't play in this one. That's another outfielder who gets a lot of reps. Uh, they went out and signed uh, Yossi Tetsugo, another player who gets uh, a decent amount of reps for them, mostly as a DH. And that's the point. They just have all of this depth, and they still went out and made smart trades and just furthered that depth, furthered their options. I mean, it's it's borderline ridiculous just how much outfield depth they have. And we talked about all of the players uh, already up at the top there. Uh, I was kind of curious to look down the list. Yeah, I mean, their minor league outfield depth isn't necessarily great, but when you know you can have 
Austin Meadows, Rosarena, Kevin Kiermeyer, who they already have, Manuel Margot, Hunter Renfro, Tutugo. Uh, I mean, they just they can keep going for days. Uh, it's really impressive, their never-ending stream of talent. But how they get there is they keep making trades. They keep trying to find pieces. And that's why when they made their trade to add the outfielder from Kansas City who came via Milwaukee, who I am completely blanking on right now, and they traded away uh, Lucius Fox. And I was like, I like Lucius Fox better as a prospect than what they acquired. Um, God, that's going to bother me. The uh, the player they got who is, all, you know, all tools, but is yet to be a steady producer. But I was like, I'm not going to bet against Tampa figuring him out because that's what Tampa does. And that is what they have consistently done. And they know that certain positions, you're always going to need more depth. And they just keep loading up and they keep reloading and reloading and they have so I mean like I look at this team uh, Diaz was hitting cleanup today uh, Mike uh, Bra- Brassi was the leadoff hitter they just have depth for date it's cra- like the number of starters potential starters they have you know we're not even talking about um, some of the players who are hurt or underperforming who just aren't getting the opportunities right now from their player, Brett Phillips, that was the guy who I couldn't think of, but uh, Nate Lowe, who had a good year a year ago, uh, Videl Bruhan, uh, who's been a top prospect for them for a while, and then just the guy, Taylor Walls has had one of the most ridiculous walk rates, dating back to his college days, they just, Josh Lowe is getting close, you know, brother of Nate Lowe, I believe, they just keep stacking the deck and somehow... Uh, finding players. I, I went on a deep dive. I was kind of curious to look up and see Nathan uh, Lukes, who you might recall was who they traded away for Brandon Geyer. And since then, uh, looks like a repeat of double A. Yeah, so it not it hasn't gone great for him. But uh, yeah, in general, it's like Tampa is doing what the Indians need to do better than the Indians. Like, both teams are kind of have a similar approach. And, yes, I get it. Like, Austin Meadows is hurt right now. That's part of the reason he's not in this series. But the fact that they can lose an Austin Meadows and easily replace him, uh, the Indians couldn't easily come up with an outfielder. It's And their minors are just stacked for days. It's, uh, it's a good problem to have. Uh, and, it, again, I think it's interesting just looking at uh, Randy A, as I will call him now. Uh, I pulled up roster resources in front of me and that he's ranked 42nd overall in all of baseball. He was not uh, not that highly reviewed in the Cardinal system. A big jump for him based on his performance this year. And another guy that they spotted, acquired, and uh, they look smart for. And he's helping to fill some of that gap in the outfield for them. Uh, it's Like I said, it's what the Indians need to do a better job of doing. You know, it, when Tampa got Yandy Diaz and gave up Jake Bowers, it was kind of the perfect example of why Tampa does it better than Cleveland. Because uh, Tampa got a guy who was hit all over the middle of their lineup, and Cleveland got a guy who didn't even sniff the majors this year. And I say that as someone who really liked the deal at the time and hated losing Yandy Diaz. I was such a big fan. Uh, my only positive was, well, maybe this means he'll finally get a bats and show what he can do. And that's been the case. But from baseball side of things, uh, just nothing but utter frustration.
Our sponsor is one of my favorites. I let you know every day. It's what, every time we have them. Uh, this is what I eat for breakfast every day. And right now, Built Bar has a special deal. Today's going to be the last day to take advantage of it, really. So hop over there. And you want to check out the new strawberry bar that they're selling for breast cancer research. Uh, it is a limited release flavor. Those are always uh, really solid with them. And it is it actually has real strawberries in it. So you can get 12% off your order through October 12th. They're partnered with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, Living Beyond Breast Cancer. Built will match your donation to the organizations listed above up to $50 per order, plus 100% of the proceeds from the Built Breast Cancer Awareness Hoodie will go to these organizations to help support breast cancer patients and their families. That Breast Cancer Awareness Hoodie they're selling on their site for $19.95. So... Remember, you can go to Built Bar, getting 12% off all Octo- all orders through October 12th, which is today, and using that promo code locked on. Sometimes those uh, promos, they work together, so you can get an additional 10%. Try it. Check it out for yourself. Very intrigued uh, to try the new strawberry flavor. Strawberry has been a solid one in some of their other ones, and they're doing a lot here for a great cause. Our other fantastic sponsor is ohioverseveryone.com. I kind of talked to the top of the show, my annoyance with ESPN, and uh, you, know, you would think all postseason games would be at the top of things. Well, if you go over to Ohio versus Everyone, they're going to have you covered for the postseason. Even though the Indians and the Reds are not in the postseason, they're still going to have information and thoughts. They're going to have informational pieces focused on those teams and all the teams in Ohio. It's going to be bringing you the state of Ohio which is something you're not seeing in a lot of the sports coverage right now. You know, the Indians made the playoffs as a home seed. Yes, it didn't go well, but they still made the playoffs. The Browns are, God, 4-1. and one. Truly is end times. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for Ohio to be focused on Ohio right now. You know, we just had the NHL draft. The NBA draft will come up. There's And if you want that Ohio coverage, you want to read about your Ohio teams and not have them be just a a quick snippet at the end. Go check out Ohio BS everyone today. So I was debating for the second half of the show, to be honest, what to do. Do I start talking free agents or do we do some history? And as I looked at the history of, I started technically recording this on the 11th. Uh, and because I put it off so long, cause I didn't know what to talk about. It's gone from the 11th to the 12th, but the 11th and 12th are some big days in Indians history for a lot of reasons. So let's just talk about some history uh, for the rest of this show. On October, let's talk about the 12th when you're listening. There is one bit of history. That is the day the Indians won their first World Series. Stan Kovaleski pitches them to victory. Uh, they win 3-0 to win the 1920 World Series. It is their first championship Um And uh, they win. I'm sorry, I got. I was confused. There. I forgot that it was a best of nine series, five games to two. Uh, so it was a 3-0 win, but they win the series five to two. Pick up their first ever championship uh, in 1920. So a hundred years ago, today the Indians won their first championship. Now, if we go back to the 11th uh, on October 11th in 1948, the Cleveland Indians pick up their second championship where they win the series uh, in six games against uh, the Boston Braves. The Bob Lemon gets the win 
uh, in that one to pick up the 48 World Series. So that's it. Uh, these two days, it's especially worth noting just because it's the two World Series victories for this team. It's the two arguably biggest wins in franchise history occurred on the 11th and 12th. And one, it's the 100-year anniversary. 100-year anniversary of their first championship. Um, and then, should we do the quick math? What, 72-year anniversary the day before from their previous one? Um, other things of note, um, on October 11th was the Pedro Martinez game where he comes in in the fourth of a tie game and uh, just shuts the Indians down. And I believe the Indians were up 2-0 and then four, you know, lost the next three. And that one is at least how it is in my mind. That may or may not be the case. Uh, and then the other one is an interesting trade occurred way back in 47, which helped them win the 48 World Series. One of those trades where it worked out for both teams, but I think the Indians are the winners in this one overall, where the Indians traded... Allie Reynolds for Joe Gordon. Uh, Gordon had played a, a thousand games, collected a thousand hits for the Yankees, but uh, they had some other players that that could fill in. And Allie Reynolds was had just finished his age 29 year with the Indians. He'd been a good pitcher. He hadn't ever been great. Like he'd been a solid, dependable guy. And it is interesting because he leaves Cleveland in 40, you know, 46 uh, is when we mentioned the trade happens. Uh, and he, he immediately starts getting MVP votes in New York, even though he's about the same pitcher. Uh, at age 35, he does have a year for the ages, but finishes second and third in the MVP uh, in back-to-back -back years while pitching in New York, and you can't help but feel like there is a, a hole to do there about a player who moved from uh, Cleveland to New York and the value placed on him. He, uh, you know, he was a he wasn't a bad pitcher. His most in, well, here's kind of interesting similarity scores over on Baseball Reference: Lefty Gomez, Bob Levin, uh, Dave Steeb is in there, Doc Gooden. Some some names of note. Uh, he, let's see, and Joe Gordon would go on to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, he had not played in '44 and '45 due to military service. '46, he's a uh, all-star for the Yankees, 47, 48, and 49. All-star for the Cleveland Indians. Great player during that time. Uh, in 1950, is age 50 year. He's still a solid uh, producer, but that's that's the end of the line for him as a baseball player. So Cleveland gets four solid years of production from Gordon, who goes on to make the Hall of Fame. Interesting Hall of Fame candidate in general. I guess it's one of those where you kind of look at, I mean... 55 war over 11 seasons and you're also looking at what was uh, lost due to military career gets you know thought of with a lot of players uh, but when you look at his similarity scores Brett Boone, Eric Chavez, Jose Valentin, Bill Nicholson Doug Decenis, Larry Doby, Ken Cabanetti, Vern Stevens, Kurt Gibson, Travis Fryman not uh, you know not a a very illustrious group most similar by age Jorge Cantu Javier Baez Troy Tulowitzki Jeff Kent Chase Utley Brett Boone uh, it was interesting that he was released by the Indians uh, after the f 1950 season 
even though he had been still productive. They were ready to move on from him. And then eventually uh, he was traded by the Indians in that infamous trade, manager trade, in 1960, where the Indians traded um, Gordon for Dykes. So he was inducted in 2009 to the Hall of Fame by the Veteran Committee. And, yeah, he was an MVP, nine-time All-Star, made into five World Series. It's not a, a bad stat line by any means. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a Hall of Fame stat line. I, I do want, you know, like I said, again, part of that gets added in that he lost, you know, prime age 29 and 30 to military service. But you also, again, I wonder about the whole thing with New York Yankees and how much that helps a player like him get in uh, compared to other players of the era. The Indians got four years of uh, of Gordon after that deal. The Yankees got eight seasons of Ali Reynolds as a solid pitcher makes me start to think maybe maybe it does switch to advantage Yankees just because they got twice as much time and Reynolds was a solid producer for them uh, in the postseason as a starter over six years and in the World Series appearances that he had with the Yankees hard to uh, to really knock him as a player not a Hall of Famer uh, highest he ever peaked was 33% of the vote in 1968, but uh, yeah, just an interesting trade that occurred. One of those trades where both teams benefited, and uh, for the Indians, it, it was a player who helped them eventually win a World Series in 48, and for the Yankees, they got a guy who was a stalwart member of their rotation for the next eight years. We're going to be talking a lot more history on the show. It is a natural progression as we move into the postseason and are looking for things to talk about. You know, during the actual postseason itself, there isn't a whole bunch to talk about. The rumor mill slows down. Uh, there's not as lively of discussions. It's probably a time right now for uh, managers to maybe maybe take a little bit of a break. Uh, maybe I'm totally wrong, and Antonetti and them are working just as hard, but I don't know how much groundwork can be laid during this time. So, well... Things aren't happening with the Indians. We'll talk history. We'll talk about what's going around in the league. Eventually, yes, we will talk about my mock draft and how I think see or project things to play out for Cleveland Indians, uh, a team who there was a time I got their picks right, but I feel like nowadays I have no idea what they are going to do or how they're going to approach the draft. Uh, I mean, I know the general outline. Let's put it that way. I, I can still figure out some... Some, I'm, I'm better at figuring out what the Indians are going to do on day two than I am on day one. I think that is a pretty safe assessment of myself right now. I am Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Remember to rate and review the podcast. It helps. Uh, listen, download, tell a friend. That also helps. Um, thank you, as always, for everything you do as a fan base. And as always, go Tribe. <laughs>